Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Owen O'Sullivan and today's guest on the show is Nisha Roo. She's an artist based in Dublin who's just released the Sick Girlfriend EP, which is her first new collection of music since 2015's Lilith album came out. She's written and spoken in various places about why she felt she needed to take a bit of a break from music. You can read an excellent essay that she did uh, for Self Made, which is a mental health organisation. They put out a zine a while back and Nisha wrote a really, really interesting essay on that. She also spoke to the likes of Zara Hederman for Totally Dublin, which is a great feature, and uh, to The Thin Air as well, who premiered The Sick Girlfriend EP about that break in music. So we get into it a little bit, but just so you know, like there's there's further reading out there if uh, you feel the need. We also talk about the quarantine, of course. Hope it's going well for all of the listeners out there. Hopefully we'll uh, get through it again and all see each other at a gig down the road eventually, one day, hopefully, fingers crossed. And we also talk about Fiona Apple, Finally, I was desperate to talk to someone about Fiona Apple's new album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. So thankfully, Nisha Roo indulged me for a little bit. I think that that's the album that uh, a lot of people are going to associate with the lockdown, the COVID-19 lockdown. Um, I think it's amazing. Spoiler alert. But yeah, let's get into it with Nisha Roo. If you stick around to the end of the chat, you'll hear Black Hole, the first song that she released about a year ago, maybe 11 months ago. And she also put out a really cool video for that as well, featuring the likes of My Sophia and Seamat dancing at a house party. Both of them have been on the show uh, in 2020, so it was kind of nice spotting them. It was a good video to kind of spot people. Oh, that person's in a band, that person's in a band. So you should check out that video as well. You can listen to the track at the end of the podcast interview with Nishiru. And let's take a listen to Sick Girlfriend before we get into the interview. I got a sick girlfriend, like how her body bends. When she's tired of crying, she knows how to make a man. I got a sick girlfriend, the dreams in the cabinet. And when she bites that pill, I'm hoping the sadness How have you been getting on the past? Is it seven weeks now? I feel it's like I I've been inside since the thirteenth of March, which wasn't the technical lockdown, but it was when everyone's decided they better stay the fuck indoors. Um, so uh, it's been it's been really interesting. I've watched almost watched all of Buffy again, which is great, and it was something I was meaning to do. It's nice doing some reading, doing some baking. Um, I've done nothing creatively productive whatsoever. Uh, I have no, <laughs> I am not, I do not feel inspired, but that's, that's okay. I think it's just sort of like a weird exercise or a weird exercise in as corny as this sounds being present. Like I feel like very much every day I'm sort of just being present, being in the moment and just letting life wash over me did you think or hope that you would kind of have like a great creative spurt during it and like you come out of this with like another new album or something oh my man wouldn't that be so handy like i'd love that 
<laughs> just like sit down with the guitar and just like lash out an album and be like, oh, great. Don't have to worry about that now. But I, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I don't feel like that sort of like compelled to do that I think I'm a naturally very anxious person and these are very anxious times and I think when I write I have to be in a state of almost like emotional hyper arousal and to be in that to go into that state now would mean that I would go into also like the negative sides of that regarding like my anxiety around what's actually happening in the world so if I if I like sort of tap into that, I'll end up like having loads of panic attacks about like what's happening. Uh, while at the moment, what I'm doing is I'm trying to like totally take it down and like be as calm as possible. And that, but when I'm in that state, I don't feel particularly creative. I have to kind of be in a heightened state to to get into all of that. Okay, okay. Um, if that makes sense, <laughs> I, I understand. Yeah. In this time, you've uh, just released your new EP, Sick Girlfriend. Uh, was it always the intention that it would come out on April 24th? Or were you like, sure, no time like the present. Everyone is at home. They need they need something <laughs> no. to listen to. <laughs> this was not planned. Uh, just very much not planned. I, I think like the, the EP was delayed a bit. I think it was originally supposed to come out a little while back. But uh, as time went on, you know, you kind of... Um, end up working on various different creative projects like within the EP like I was working on videos and things were getting like delayed which is totally fine and part of the process uh, so as it it just happens this way I mean in fact before the lockdown was you know before all this happened it was we were even going to release it a bit earlier and then it just all ha- happened that uh, it ended up coming out on my birthday in the middle of a pandemic and a lockdown so that was it was very interesting and the irony was bizarre like I'm having a EP that's called Sick Girlfriend and I'm on the cover in like a hospital gown and holding a stethoscope and the whole thing Uh, it was uh, really bizarre was it timely or was it like oh no maybe I need to rethink (laughs) there was a a moment (laughs) there was a moment where I thought if people think this is intentional they're gonna be like what the fuck but I mean I was kind of relieved that all of the press photos, like the press photo for it, the cover of it, had all come out before this had happened. So I was like, at least I could like go back and say like, look, I don't know. <laughs> this is the way it's been. That was shot last February. I, I don't know what, how this worked out. It's been five, four and a half, five-ish years since your debut album. And this is kind of, I think, is this yeah. your first like, you know, uh, collection of songs yeah. since then? And so... Then when you're talking about it was supposed to come out like around the start of last summer, I think. The EP was supposed to come out September, October. Oh, okay, it was supposed okay. to come out somewhere before, it was supposed to come out before winter, technically, yeah. We were going to drop it then, but it didn't work out there. Like thinking of the music videos and stuff like that, is that something that you've only realised like post the first album? Like is the first album kind of like you know, dipping your toes in and finding out what you actually have to have in the works to actually get the music out there. Sure. When I put out my first album, I was very green. It was my first album and I I put it out first. I I really didn't have any sort of particular plan. I mean, I I knew what I wanted and I I, I knew that I, I, I had plans, very loose plans for myself, but it was kind of finding it in the moment and, and in the process. It was a very sort of uh, free-for-all kind of creative process with the videos and 
everything that kind of came after because last time with Lilith it was like pretty much I can't remember exactly but I end, I released more songs I think after I put Lilith out than I did before Lilith came out well this time it was like there was three singles out of the four songs before I put it out and I did that intentionally so there was much more of a coherent plan this this way I wanted to have the videos for the songs I wanted to put it out three the three singles before the actual EP came out um I wanted them all to have very distinct uh imagery and and feelings around them uh so yes i read the great interview that sarah hederman did with you in totally dublin and i guess the the story is kind of there um but do you want to maybe explain like why it took you know why it's four or five years since that debut album yeah um so basically after lilith came out i went through a really bad period of uh, depression and anxiety a huge amount of stage fright, um, like a huge amount of imposter syndrome and, and just a lot of personal anxiety about uh, various things that were going on. I also went through a long period of illness um, where I had a fall and I ended up, it took me 18 months to recover. So um, during that process, I suppose... I didn't know whether I was going to go back to music. I really didn't. I, I was working in a cafe and I was kind of really enjoying not having a plan, not wanting to uh, have have ambition. Almost being free of ambition made me feel very free. And um, uh, the idea of gigging made me feel so terrified and just so burdened and but uh you know slowly through that process I I was writing songs I was writing sporadically but they were songs that were mostly about feeling that way and I you know I'd written Lilith very much like from this um place of like a, a lot of like energy and like anger and and like I don't know for me like when I think about when I'm writing that record I felt very passionate and then when I wrote this record I was just like very sad (laughs) I was just really um depleted and um so I wasn't sure like if these songs were gonna you know what they were gonna materialize into and whether anyone would want to listen to them but then when I when I put them together, I felt I I realized like I really wanted to get them out in the world. And then when I had my fall, I I you know I was kind of I went through a period of terror, being terrified I was going to die, and um, I realized I really wanted to get this one thing out in case that did happen. So that's sort of the journey of how that <laughs> how that happened. Wow, Do, were 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 those kind of feelings of imposter syndrome? Were they were they there like? pre uh the release of the debut album or was was it something that just materialized kind of more and more like as people are asking you like how are you getting on or something with the music I definitely had it coming into it because I didn't feel like I was I wasn't really part of the scene before Lilith or anything like when I you know I really came in post that album and started to get to know bands and started to get gigging with bands on the scene so I, I really felt like I wasn't 
um, connected to the like music industry as much as a lot of people maybe were, you know, before their debut albums. So I, I always felt like I was kind of coming in on the back foot a little bit. And then I was, you know, people were so nice about the record, but I always felt like I'd always felt like I wasn't good enough, I suppose, or there was a, a feeling of like I wasn't up to the challenge because my mental health was just so like fluctuating so badly. I was, you know, I was really falling apart one week and then really proactive the next week. And, you know, one week I would be like emailing people and making plans and fucking making an Excel spreadsheet. And then the next week I was literally like couldn't get out of bed. And I was just like, I can't maintain this. You know, all these people are out there being so industrious and so on top of their shit and on top of their game and able to be ambitious and and I'm just trying to kind of just f- stay above the water the entire time. And I always felt like that all the way through to like kind of until I sort of started making this record. And then I realized that there were certain things that I kind of needed to let go of. And I really needed to let go of the idea of being able to handle everything. And also the idea that um, anything kind of comes above my own happiness, <laughs> you know, like that my happiness is, is first, that my well-being is first and you know, as much as I love music and I'm always going to make music and I'm always going to be passionate about it, um, I'm never going to put that above enjoying and and uh, appreciating life, I suppose. Is, is is that hard to do, though, when you do seem to put so much of yourself into the music? Like, you know, you've got to almost like con- confront that happiness, I suppose, in a way, do you? I mean, yeah, I suppose that's that's true. I mean... The weird thing is, it's like music for me is is sort of like a a weird uh, dumping ground for all of those uh, feelings uh, that, I mean, we all feel. Um, It's it's true catharsis for anything that I'm I'm going through. And And the writing is not the problem and the making the record is not the problem. It's it's all the other stuff around it that I find really hard. Like I really find it hard to be like a social media champion and like really like aware of, of quote unquote branding and, you know, pitching, like, you know, like you go to, as an independent musician, you end up at these, um, what are they called? Like conferences or, you know, like networking fucking shit. And you, people teach you or tell you how to like pitch yourself, like give an elevator pitch. And I can't imagine anything more dehumanizing than standing with someone who doesn't know who you are, doesn't give a fuck about you. And in 30 seconds, you're trying to be like, please pay attention to this thing that I poured my heart and soul into and that I, I really like um, is a really huge part of my life, uh, you know, to you know possibly get an email address it really it's just like the worst um and I really that sort of aspect of it really drains me like I find that really uh, that that affects my mental health the most you know the that sort of yeah that aspect of it I guess it's so much harder as well when you are a solo artist that you're not able to to kind of split the details you know between people I mean, if I could come back in another musical life, I would definitely be in a band. I mean, <laughs> doing it yourself because you don't have... Like, I love my my band who I play with. I love and are wonderful friends and extremely supportive. And I am so lucky. 
Um, but there is something about, I think, when you have that equal share of something and you can turn to someone and go like, this is bullshit or this is great. You know, you get to share the highs and lows with someone in a different way, you know, than I think when you're by yourself. Like, I mean, you get to share it with important people in your life. Like, I, I'm lucky I get to share it with the, like, people who've represented me, like, or, like my manager and, um, you know, my my partner but it's I think it's it's probably not the same as when you're all in on a creative project together and coming back to what you were talking about just earlier like coming to Dublin and not feeling part of a scene do you feel more part of a scene now and also like a lot of the time people say like oh Ireland Ireland is too small to have scenes or Dublin or Cork are too small to have scenes well that's bullshit (laughs) we both know that's bullshit we all have our scenes please continue (laughs) I've been on the cork scene. I like I've been too. I've witnessed it. It's it's amazing. I do feel part of it. I mean, I'm very lucky to have kind of fallen in with different bands and it's like not that we kind of play together or tour together or do anything, but like there's a lot of support there. The Litany of Failures guys, like obviously like, you know, Junk Drawer and Shrug Life and and then I have other friends who are songwriters like My Sophia and Sive and Lauren Brady and that like I, I really got to create amazingly strong friendships with so many acts that I really respect and love. And um yeah, I'm I'm really lucky that way. And it's a, it's really nice when you do find that place where you you know where you're all you all feel like outsiders anyway everybody everybody feels like an outsider but um it's nice to feel like connected to people and be able to share the high like the lows and and the the fears around uh, what you're doing and like having creative people like that like Maya Sophia who released uh her her album brilliant uh it's amazing are they kind of like the the kind of the spark that you need when you see them kind of doing stuff is is that kind of what drives you back to like oh I need to like get back to the music of my own yeah I mean absolutely I mean the weird thing is I, I don't know if I feel particularly spurred on by other people's like creative successes I I'm so happy for other people like you know when they're creatively successful for me, I, I do tend to kind of tread my own path. I feel inspired by other people's music, but uh, if I felt motivated by it, I'd definitely be more prolific than... <laughs> you know, if I was just like looking around and be like, wow, that's great, I should write something. But I don't. Uh, I end up just plodding along in my own kind of way. Um, yeah, very slowly, as as we know. <laughs> Were you like listening to music all the way through? And are you listening to music at the moment? Like you finding it like it's a good thing to have right now that it's kind of like comforting in the lockdown and both in the lockdown and when you kind of took the break. Yeah, when I took the break, I I definitely I I listened to a lot of music. I, I mean, I'm always listening to a lot of music. Um, I was probably I've been doing recently and probably around then I was I was probably deep diving a lot more into music that first inspired me and that I I kind of listened to you know when I was a teenager in my early 20s uh, like a lot of uh, Fiona Apple and Elliot Smith and um, going back like doing Radiohead again like the whole Radiohead discography again and um 
yeah, like Tori Amos, um, like a, a going back and kind of listening to all of these songwriters who who really affected me. I think with the Sick Girlfriend, like there's a few things on there. I mean, Mazzy Star was a big one for Falling Stars. Uh, that was definitely kind of a Mazzy, like in my 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 um, rendition of a, of a sort of Mazzy Star song. And then I was also listening to like some a lot more electronic stuff, which was probably was definitely in there a lot of pop you know a lot of pop like a lot of female pop artists <laughs> listening to like a lot of like Lizzo and uh Tovalo and and that sort of stuff and then yeah and then Sh- Sharon Van Etten's record was it was also a big influence on me as well um so that's what I was listening to during the the time of absorption coming up to it uh just because you mentioned her have you listened to fiona apple's uh new album yes oh, oh yes please of I've, course. I've been dying to have a conversation with someone about it about it and about her for a while tell me what do you think about it i think it's amazing it just feels so raw um but succinct it's it's amazing it's like it's funny because like i love all of her records i'm a bit but like when the pawn was probably like my favorite because of the fact that I love John Bryan as producer and and it was the first one that really hit me. Now, I think like um Idler Wheel is probably a better album in in ways, but uh but this is just so like if you look at like When the Pawn and then Fetch the Bolt Cutters, like I mean, they're just so so worlds away and like almost like the progression because like there's something so independent and raw and like but visceral but tender i don't know it's just a fantastic record i love that you can listen to it like a hundred times and come listen number 100 you're still going to discover new things in it like because it's such it's such a home recording and it's like you know you know there's dogs barking in the background you know she's using percussion of just like tables and surfaces and stuff like that and it's just like oh I didn't I didn't recognize this uh on the first listen I know because I was like I remember watching like the you know there's an Instagram account for her I don't know who runs it but somebody connected to her and it had like a little like clips of her like doing the percussion and I was like wow this is gonna be really mad because then it was just like that exact percussion you know on the record I was like where is that gonna be you know you hear something before it's like has context and you're less like I'm I'm so intrigued um but the percussion is very interesting on the whole record um it just doesn't sound like anything I've heard um which is hard to do now it's just so hard to do when you you know when you come across something and you're like, it just sounds completely fresh. That's like, that's mind blowing because we're awash in a sea of influences on influences and things that sound like each other and, and several things that sound exactly like each other. For anything to sound that fresh and to ha- feel like it has um, a fresh perspective and a message that is that is interesting uh, is is just so exciting it's just really exciting yeah and and the way like it demands your attention as well like the first time that I listened to it I thought okay I'll put this on kind of in the background and just like read my book or something but then it was like yeah yeah, yeah. you can't do anything apart from listening to this album it's only now like you know a, a number of listens in that I'm actually like okay I think I can actually like do something else while I'm yeah like while do it's the washing on. up or yeah. something while it's on. <laughs> 
I know. I put it on in my headphones and like listened to it in my bedroom and was just like, wow. And she's just so forefront, you know, like some some records, you know, you have like obviously the lyrics are particularly poignant, but you've got to search for them with the music, uh, you know, in the arrangement. But with this, like, you know, that message, those lyrics are so for like she is forefront, you know, it, it, you know, in that arrangement, you you can't escape what she's trying to say. You know, you cannot put it. it it's not behind. Um, you don't have to search for it. And, and that's that's also very powerful. Yeah, I, th- I think it's great. I love the fact that suddenly, you know, it's like the legend of Fiona Apple. She doesn't release an album in eight years. And now, you know, she gets a 10 from Pitchfork. It's probably like going to be the album of the year. It's certainly going to be like the album that a lot of people associate with the lockdown. Like she moved up the release date as well for it. So I'm delighted to see it's- that. It's kind of like the perfect branding for Fiona Apple specifically as someone who doesn't like to leave their house. Like it's, she's just, (laughs) it's true though. Like I love, like I love her. She's, she's just such a, such a fascinating person. She's like, she's like, nah, people like whatever, you know, she's known for, for being a bit of a hermit. So the idea of her like making, you know, she made it in her house and then she puts it out and it's like a pretty much like a the aural embodiment of not leaving your house. It's great. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm glad that you just indulged there uh, indulged me there in some Fiona <laughs> I, Apple I was talk. Happy to. I got it out of my system a little bit. Um coming coming back to your own music. Like do you see the music that you're making that you've just put out as a continuation of the first stuff or were you like, you know, you want to rip it up and kind of like kind of reimagine what things would be uh, as like Nishiru the artist? Well, I think it's important always to evolve. I mean, you know, creatively. I think if you're not evolving, then, you know, what's the point? Because, I mean, as you go on, different things interest you. You know, that's just like if you... I couldn't have made like Lilith Part 2. It wouldn't have made any sense. You know, I didn't have those feelings. I'm not that person anymore you know I have I have I have changed and and thus like I think my music would change with me I specifically intended to for it to sound different and for you know it to have you know different qualities definitely you know more synths I wanted to have like like a a rich like sort of synth tapestry going on in it I wanted it to sound have um like a kind of rich soundscape and to be, I guess, less raw, like, I suppose less raw in, in certain ways than and Lilith was. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely reflected my influences more and it reflected, you know, what I was interested in. Content-wise, Lilith was, like, about relationships, you know. It was about romantic relationships. Well, this, this one was definitely about the relationships, my relationship with myself and my relationship with my, my mental health and 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 the industry and it was more about my personal experience of things that were not romantic just you know of of being a person and trying to survive being a person 
Um, and so like you, I think you mentioned a little bit earlier, kind of uh, the, the team of people who you have like working with you on the album, it's uh, Daniel Fox and Rian Trench as well, and one or two others. Do you kind of take the ideas to them and they kind of make the sound or is it very much like, you know, what sound you want and like you're you're dictating to them what you want? I mean, you could literally just let Rian Trench and Daniel Fox like loose on anything and they'll make it sound fucking phenomenal. Like they're ridiculous musicians um what what happened with the process of it was you know my producer who's a really good friend of mine Liam Mulvaney we talked about the record and what we wanted to do and like Lilith was made so fast you know we we made that record in a week and then you know it just what took time was just mixing it over like a year like just a day here, a day there, whatever. But it was recorded um, in a week. Um, and uh, it all felt like wonderfully uh, exciting. And it also left very little time for doubts and for kind of like over stirring the pot, I guess, you know, or just like over mixing it or, you know, overdoing it. Um, so I wanted to have like a similar experience with this, I wanted to make sh- make sure uh, it felt like a really exciting and uh, collaborative effort, and I had less ideas about what I kind of, I had less assumptions about what I wanted this time. So, what we did was Liam was like, "Okay, let's you know literally go into the studio with the skeleton songs, and we'll." direct as we go and so that's what we did you know um the guys Rian and and, uh Daniel heard had heard the songs once uh we went in and I said this is the mood that I want this is the kind of vibe that I want uh I think I kind of want and I gave little bits of direction and then as we went I would go like I think I want this. I think I don't like that. I do like this. Work with this. Let's follow that track. And and that's how it happened. It just sort of like and in a day we tracked all the drums and some of the bit ba- and the bass and then uh, we did the guitar over day. I, I I did my vocals. That was it. We did the drums, all the drums, majority of the bass and my vocals in one day, and then we did the guitars and the synths and we did a day of synths we did day guitars and that's it but that's how it went it was all it it all felt very like i hate using the word organic but you know (laughs) organic (laughs) if it works it works they're a really talented bunch of people i like the idea of you know describing what mood you want with the music as well though yeah well i would give some references and i would say like i wanted like this and that the other and um I mean, Mazzy Star was definitely like the reference I gave for like Falling Stars and everything else was sort of just, it was just like directing, like, I want this sort of guitar sound and I want this sort of like, uh, I want the drums to do that, you know, it'd be like, I want this fill and, you know, it, it was just like sort of like managing it that way. But like, to be honest, you know, those, Daniel and, and, and Rian are both producers and they're both, like, they're both so intuitive and they know they just hear a song and you say a few words to them and they know exactly what you want. It's, it's like, it's psychic. It's almost psychic. Uh, they can just pick up on it and they, they know exactly how to develop it. So, 
um there was very little that i there are very little like corrections i kind of had to give which was wonderful and the artistic side of things seem to be uh, quite important for you, just from like the visual artwork and stuff. And also just reading that uh, Zara Hederman piece in Totally Dublin talking about the Project Arts Andrew show that you did last year. It almost sounded like, I don't know, I, I, I wasn't there, but it sounds like it was more than a gig. Um, yeah, I guess I wanted to create sort of a theatre show. It was the longest show that I've ever put on. It was like an hour and a half show with like a half hour interval I wanted to create something that sort of when I was putting for like when I knew I was going to perform the EP for the first time I wanted it to be to people who were listening and I wanted it to be in a very sort of sacred environment and uh, because I was really nervous like I was really terrified the idea of playing again with the band I hadn't played in such a long time I you know I was literally I, I was shaking you know and um, at, the, at the prospect of it and so I wanted it if I was going to do it I was going to do it all the way I was going to do it in a really vulnerable setting and like a really like in a really putting forward head like my work uh, to be listened to silently I suppose um, and I wanted to talk about what it felt like and what it meant to me to return to music and then I, I read that essay about from Self Made about um, returning to music and um, and my anxiety surrounding music and I, I got other musicians um, uh, participants, my Sophia and Danny Carroll from Shrub Life to come and play their songs um, kind of uh, around anxiety and um, because I know that they had all suffered um, diff- like we'd all talked about like mental health issues and uh, together before it it was just sort of like a really beautiful experience um, I made sure the tickets were free so people could come and it wasn't a financial thing and we sold out and that was really really nice and it was just a, yeah it was a really beautiful experience to do that I, I'd love if all gigs were kind of like that <laughs> but it was it was very special so finally, what's your relationship now with these songs? I guess that you've lived with them for a long time now anyway, but do like when you're playing with them, does it conjure up the feelings that you had while you were writing them? Or is there like some relief at getting them out there like that? Or is it very much like, you know, they're, they're just there. They you know, almost um like cut the cord with them once you, once you put them out. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think it's kind of multifaceted. I, I think it's a great relief to put out a body of work and kind of let go of it and be able to kind of go, okay, that's done now and it's out there and people can discover it if they want to and I don't really have to, you know, wait or push or, you know, all of those things. This is like giving birth, you know, you literally just, you're like, oh, it's out. It's it's a, it's, its own being now. Um, and then with regards to, like, tapping into, like, the songs I you know I, I what's great about songwriting is that well for me anyway my experience of it is like when you you get to perform these songs and the emotion behind them never goes away but you get to like experience that catharsis or that you know that feeling in this safe way you're not like you don't you don't get to, you don't have to take it home with you but when you're on stage you 
get to step into that frame of mind you were in when you wrote it and it's like a little snapshot of the of the past and then sometimes you know the songs evolve to be about new situations you know uh, the things that you're experiencing presently have some sort of relation. There's one song I have in my set. I've experienced, you know, new feelings about it several times over. You know, it's taken on new meaning every time. Every couple of years it takes on a new meaning, you know, uh, because uh, it relates to something different in my life. And so it it's nice. You get to, like, I, I get to kind of experience... Uh, those emotions in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming or um, lasts more than the song itself. That was a really good answer. <laughs> oh, geez, thanks. I enjoyed that. Uh, listen, thanks a lot for the chat. Congratulations on the oh, new EP. And best, well, thank you for having me. Best luck with uh, the rest of quarantine. And, you know, maybe we'll see each other one day in person or something like that. That would be nice. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs>